Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome back to On a Water Break. This is a podcast about everything in the marching arts. You name it. We've probably already planned to talk about it. There is just so much that we want to talk about. We have had some great episodes so far, and we are looking to sharing more information, news, and advice with you today and throughout the whole new year. So before we check in with our hosts, I want to introduce a new host, Stephen McCarrick, who recently aged out of a world-class drumline. You may have heard of them called Rhythm X. He played bass number one. Uh, He joins us full time to make sure that we stay fresh with all of these young performers. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Stephen. Yeah, thank you, Jackie. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a longtime fan of podcasts, longtime fan of the marching arts. So I think it's a great coming together of two big things in my life. Um, But basically, I started my performance career back with a a pretty lucky high school, uh, Upper Darby High School, where I was able to get a gold medal as a freshman. So I don't know that my career ever kind of reached those same heights again, certainly not in WGI. But um, it really set me off on a path to really want to explore and become the best bass drummer I could. Um, from there, I went on to march in some of the DCA all-age cores, where I was able to play bass drum at the Cadets 2 Ensemble, as well as over in WGI at United Percussion, uh, kind of early on in my performance career. After that, I was able to finish out my last two years before I aged out with Carolina Crown in 2018 and 2019, before heading on to Rhythm X in 2020, and then back again in my bonus year as a 24-year-old to age out on base one this last season in 2022. But I'm thrilled to get to talk to you guys, thrilled to get to bring my perspectives and hopefully maybe some uh, folks that I met along the way uh, who are maybe a little closer to the performing side rather than the education side and uh, bounce things off each other. I think it'll be a great time. Well, yay. Welcome, Stephen. Welcome, Stephen. Nice to meet all you guys. How has everybody been since the holiday break? What did you guys think of the recap episode? It, it was great. I, I loved it. Amazing recap episode. It's exciting to hear everyone kind of round out their year and talk about, you know, whether it was the start of like this this podcast with our fearless leaders or what's been going on in our lives. Um, you know, it's just been an amazing experience. I thought the ep- episode was absolutely amazing. I thought it was interesting as sort of a new person coming into the show. I got to learn a lot about all the different hosts. So for anyone mm-hmm. listening who maybe hasn't heard all the episodes, it's a great opportunity to get to hear a little bit of what everyone has to say. Aww, That's Steven. a cool way to start it off. I appreciated Jeremy's um, very apt uh, introduction of me as professional and also professional and also wackadoo like i feel like that's <laughs> that is right on that is so perfect <laughs> jeremy and christine were great hosts i feel like maybe uh they'd be better served hopping on every now and again yeah there we Careful go we need to get them in front of the mic <laughs> don't talk about you know, like i'm not here <laughs> uh, the, the king appears <laughs> right the voice from the devil above. Above. yes oh yeah especially the graphic the voice from above like the angel jeremy coming through oh, the clouds 
Yeah, oh, exactly. the computer screen instead. <laughs> I don't know that I needed that graphic. <laughs> Do you know how many people around the world that know me that cringed thinking about me coming down in some sort of halo? Come on, there's, there's definitely something else at the top of my head that is not a halo. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, it's kind of askew. It's okay. Uh, since it's a new year, we thought we would try a little bit of a new format. So over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear some amazing stories and interviews from all over the marching arts, arts activity. Uh, from the Midwest recap to something called the Mummers Parade. Our hosts have been scouring the country to bring you all the stories you want. But before we send it over to Beth for this week's special report, let's hear the gush and goes from our panelists. What do you guys want to gush and go on about? It's so hard because the beginning of the year, I'm, I'm actually going to gush and go a little bit about my, my job because I am working with some amazing bands that are going to take some amazing trips this year. And, and this is when the, the rubber hits the road and they start, they start actually performing live again in front of a lot of people that they haven't been able to travel over the last few years because of the pandemic. And we're getting some trips on the road. And I'm just really excited for these students who haven't had that opportunity yet because some of them were coming up through middle school and they hit high school and never even performed in front of a live audience. So it's really pretty cool that um, that they're getting that opportunity. And I'm just so excited to be able to help them. I can handle all those logistics for them through my job at Peak Group Travel and they can um, focus on the on the music and the education of their students. And it's just, I'm really excited. It's, it's going to be a full season, a full spring. I'm going to be hitting the road a lot. So my suitcase is ready. I got new luggage for Christmas and I'm ready to go. That's awesome. Um, I think I'll just go next. Um, so um, I guess I'll talk about my job too. You know, uh, here in Western Carolina, we've been out for the semester for about three and a half weeks. We go back next Tuesday. Mm. Um, so we've been basically almost a full month off from classes. Uh, but we have upcoming, you know, next week we have pet band auditions. Uh, we have um, leadership um, applications are like due and interviews are due. The directors at Western Carolina are going to sit down in the next couple of weeks and start to put together um, the marching band show for the fall of 2023. We kind of have a, a pretty lengthy uh, process. Mm. Um, about six weeks or so, six, seven weeks. Um, as many of you know, the Pride of Mountains Marching Band is going to Ireland in March of 2024. But before that happens, the directors... Uh, thank you. Thank you. The directors have to do like a site visit. So I have to go to Dublin in early March to like oversee Aww. like what we're going to do in the, in the parade, the, 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 uh, the, <laughs> the St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah, um, <laughs> That's got to be amazing. The St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin. I'm yeah. jealous of you. I have a hard life, man. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited to get the semester, you know, going back again and, you know, you know, being a, a beacon of light and hope for my students. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. So I can't wait. Woohoo. Good job, well, Trevor. Yeah. That, great. That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, for me, I'm going to break it away a little bit. I've been thinking a lot about sort of the ramifications of all these different leadership changes in, in the per, uh, percussion programs throughout DCI, mm. as well as the unfortunate loss of Santa Clara Vanguard this year. Yeah. And just how that's all going to shake out in terms of what direction it pushes the percussion end of the activity. So Vanguard for the last couple of years, having been the group that normally would win the Sanford, they got it that three-peat for three years in a row, was kind of setting the standard and pushing the judging end more towards orchestral percussion. 
then this last year coming back, Bluecoats was able to win. This year, we see much a big, a big shift where we have like California teams starting to design for Carolina Crown, teams from Crown moving over to Cadets, and then I'm sure there's other big switches up happening that I'm not even really aware of at this time. But I'm interested to see. I feel like it's anyone's game, and I'm expecting that we're going to see more of a bit of a return towards the clean drumline being the the voice of what is rewarded in the absence of Vanguard, who usually brings such an interesting orchestral product. So I think there's all these different consequences maybe that are breaking down from different staff changes, all sorts of things of the like, but I'm excited to see what it turns into. Steven, I, now I can't wait, right? Now I feel like Steven's like the prognosticator. He's like anticipating <laughs> what the season's going to be. And now I'm like, well, now I can't wait to see what's going to happen. See if it comes true. Right. See the dominoes before they fall. There you go. It's going to be cool. My gushing go is actually just going to be about WGI because, uh, you know, with it start, starting up, really soon here um the i've been getting a lot of uh tiktoks from people like people who are practicing like people who have you know either gotten on their winter guard or maybe they didn't make it to their winter guard and they are trying to like get uh practice so that they can get on their guard for the next season and like they're sending me all these tiktoks of themselves like practicing in their backyards and stuff so i'm like i love to see all this stuff i love to see everybody who's like you know, really working on their skills outside of practice and getting to watch all that. And it's just getting me hyped up for WGI because some of these performers who are like posting their practice journal stuff on TikTok are, they're blowing me away individually. So I can't wait to see them when they're all together with all of their uh, ensemble. So, all right, it is time to throw it over to Beth for her Midwest recap. Stick around after that for more fun and news with our hosts. Take it away, Beth. Well, thank you, Jackie. I appreciate the pass over here. And guess what? This is going to be all about Midwest. And if you're not familiar with the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic, I would encourage you to Google it and check it out. But to help me explain a little bit about it, I have a super phenomenal guest with us today. Her name is Cindy. And I'm going to let Cindy... Tell us a little bit about herself and where she's from, what her job is. Hint, hint, it is in the marching arts. And she uh, will give us a little bit more information about her trip to Midwest. And we're going to talk to her throughout the show. Hey, everyone. So my name is Cindy Mantini. Uh, uh, You can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Daily Band Director. I teach 7 through 12 band in the Montour School District, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. We're right by the airport. So if you ever land here in Pittsburgh. I can come pick you up. Um, <laughs> I do all band things. I teach concert band for seventh and eighth grade, high school concert band, high school percussion ensemble, high school marching band. So I do a little bit of all of the things, but in my background, I've literally taught anything music. So I've been there, done all of it. That's fantastic. And that's, that's, that's such a, a great depth to bring to, to this type of conversation. And absolutely. So- you know, and, you know, while you and I didn't see each other at Midwest, we're going to combine our heads here and like figure out what, you know, what we both experienced. You know, I was there, you know, I work for Peak Group Travel and we are a, a group travel provider. So yes. we go to Midwest and exhibit and try to talk to more band directors like yourself and like our listeners and talk about, you know, tours and things like that. But that's only one small part 
well, I shouldn't say small because that exhibit hall is pretty big. You know, it's massive. Like, you can get lost. It, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it, you get you get your steps in walking Midwest like the first two hours if you just walk the exhibit floor. It's crazy. Yeah, I but, don't recommend dress shoes to anybody. No, no. Put put your Skechers on. Put your comfy walking shoes on. It, it's not. It's all about comfort, not about style. Because absolutely, I mean, we're band directors too. So like, you know, there's that. <laughs> I, know, I look good and wear my comfy shoes. So. Oh, see? <laughs> Cindy's bringing it folks. Let me tell you, she's bringing it. It's great. So, so what, what brought you to mid, what took you to Midwest this year? Well, I started going to Midwest several years ago because a friend of mine said, Hey, you need to go to this. I said, Oh, okay. Uh, So I started going to Midwest a few years ago, but for me, it's an opportunity to kind of recharge, refresh before the new school year and using the professional development and getting new ideas, seeing what else is new out there in the band world because things change yearly technology sure is constantly changing so seeing what i can do to help my own program is what brings me back every year and and it's great it is and it is like a it's like a family reunion because i think once you go the first couple of times and you start seeing some some familiar faces when you go back yeah and lots of hugs lots of lots, hey lots of hugs and of course after covid that means lots of hand sanitizer too but you know we all it's my we're best all just friend. trying to <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make it make it work right and yeah and I but I love that family atmosphere because you know as much as we might be competitive during the fall and and or spring and festival season or summer or winter guard or whatever your activity happens to be you know it's still we're all in it together we all have a common goal of betterment through music and movement and educating the future and bringing them up in this activity as well absolutely i'm so fortunate that i have wonderful friends in the field that i get to reconnect with because most of them don't live here. So I get to reconnect with all of them when I go every year. And Chicago is not lousy for food. So, you know, no. there's usually a good food opportunity for lunch, dinner, whatever pizza. activity you're doing. Pizza. <laughs> I mean, pizza, hot dogs. And I don't want to minimize Chicago into pizza and hot dogs. But yes, it's it's kind of a kind yeah. of a must do for all of us out of towners that visit Chicago yeah. in December. And I was fortunate that we were all fortunate. It wasn't bitterly cold. We missed that, thankfully. We did. We got out. We got out just in time. Most <laughs> yes. of us. Some of us got stuck, but that's different conversation. And one of those folks that we got to meet and that I got to talk to uh, this time, his name is Josh Hecht. And here's a little uh, interview that I did with him and conversation we had all about his activity and who he is in the marketing arts. Hey, everybody, it's Beth, and I am sitting now with Josh Hecht. He is the director and CEO of the Drum Major Leadership Academy. So welcome, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, we're excited. I'm excited to meet you. This is a great opportunity. I've been following you on Instagram, I have to admit. I'm a little bit of a fangirl, and I have been for about a year, and I love it. Um, So tell us a little bit about you. Where did you go to high school? How did you get into the marching arts? Give us a little bit of of your background. Absolutely. So Marching Man for me started back in high school, like it does for so many, at Gulf Breeze. Um, that's located in Pensacola, Florida. So it's beautiful. Mm, that's lovely. Band camp was a little warm, though. It was pretty hot. Mm. So from there, though, I went on to become a drum major for the Southern Knights Drum Bugle Corps. It's a DCA corps in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. And after that, started with Music City Drum Corps out of Nashville, Tennessee, also as a drum major. So you've had a lot of marching experience and you've been all over. Yeah, it has been so much fun getting to see so many perspectives, meeting so many amazing fans and people that are out there, and just learning from some of the best educators that the education industry has to offer, being music teachers. 
it's it's one of the best parts I think about being in the marching arts, and it's it's the people. And I don't I don't think it matters where you where you are where you march. It's that family concept because I think we all bond as soon as we like as soon as you see the marching heart in somebody else, your heart responds to that. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you can walk anywhere in life, and as soon as you know someone is a band kid, like you instantly click. It it's doesn't a, matter if you're in school still. You can be you know ten years out of school and work, and you meet someone. It just it clicks. It's amazing. It really is, and I. It's exciting, and I'm happy to really happy to meet you. I, I'm literally, folks. I'm giddy. It's really kind of crazy. So, what brought you to what brought you to Midwest, and what brought you to the clinic this time? So, coming to Midwest, we've just been excited to connect with band directors, help support their student leadership teams, and do all that we can to help their student leaders be as prepared as possible and as confident as possible when that's when next marching band season begins. And it's so important because I think a lot of directors maybe are really strong with the music component of band or the, the the drill design portion, and they might feel like they need a little extra support in doing the leadership part. And so it's great that your company seems to be you know ready to do that. Now, where do you have camps? Do you have camps locally? Do you where just in Florida? Where are you working? Yeah. So even though I'm based out of Florida, we have more than 50 instructors from across the country. So we wow. have camps in Los Angeles, in Atlanta, Orlando, Jacksonville, really any major city you can think of. We probably have a team of instructors that are excited to meet work with you there. Great. So how would somebody maybe get in touch with you to maybe make an arrangement to have you join them? Absolutely. If you are someone that is interested in becoming a drum major, a section leader, a band captain, a guard captain, whatever it may be, go to dmlatraining.com and navigate under the Students and Learn tab. You'll see our audition workshops that help you prepare for auditions. You'll see our summer camps that help you once you're in the role. And if you're a drum major, you'll, you'll even see our national drum major competition, drum major lessons, free master classes. There are all sorts of resources on our website, or you can find us on social media at DMLA Training. So folks, literally, he's, he's got it covered. Everywhere you, if you, if you are on any social media platform, you will be able to find them and you will be able to get the resources that you need for your band. So let me ask you a question. So what did you play when you were in band? Sure thing. So I started as a trumpet player back in fourth grade and I loved it. I wasn't the best, but I loved it. Um, but from there, when marching band started, I actually hopped on over to be a percussionist. I marched bass drum, the the 30 pound fifth base one. It, oh my <laughs> still feel that back pain to this day, <laughs> but it was really cool seeing that new perspective. And ever since then, I've been a drum major 100% been loving the time. And even at Florida State, I didn't do the marching band because of drum corps, but I participated in the pep band as a trumpet player. So it's been cool to stay connected in that way. And it's, that's awesome. That's, that's super cool that you did that. And, and I think it's great that you were able to flip from a, a wind instrument to a percussion instrument. Not everybody could make that transition. Is there a different um, instrument or piece of equipment or a section of the band that you would want to participate in that you never did before? To be honest, I always wish, like I, I watch the color guard and I'm constantly blown away by what they do. You know, tossing a rifle 500 feet in the air, it looks like, and then catching it perfectly. I would be the worst at that, but I think it is so impressive. And maybe one day I'll learn. Yeah, I, I've always been impressed by that. And I don't know how they time it so that it all falls at the same time and they all catch at the same time. That is impressive to me as a wind player. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just focusing on the one and three and making sure I'm on the right foot. And they are like doing so much more than that. And it's really impressive. So it's really cool. So what um what are your takeaways from Midwest? What's your this has have you been here before? Have you done this before? This is actually my very first Midwest clinic, and it has been nothing but incredible. Like being able to talk to directors, understand what they're looking for, what their goals are and their challenges has been so insightful, not only for me with the Drum Major Leadership Academy, but just as a director or educator more broadly, you know, understanding mm -hmm. where our commonalities lie, the best approaches for teaching. There's so many amazing clinics, amazing performances going on. Truly, I don't 
I wish like I could go without sleep because there's so much going on and I would love to be everywhere. It really it's, is. It's amazing. It, it's hard to pick a clinic that you want to attend and the schedule is so full and it's so diverse. And there's a lot of great topics that are being covered, whether it's about diversity and equity and inclusion in bands, in programs and marching programs, or, or just the musicality or the leadership components. There's, there's so much at the Midwest Clinic, it's hard. And as an exhibitor, you're just trying to meet as many people as you can. So it's, it's a great opportunity. I'm so glad that you were able to make the trip from Florida to Chicago. Josh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. And What's like, what's like your main takeaway from Midwest? Would you tell people to do it? Would you, yeah, just tell us like your closing thoughts on, on the Midwest experience. If you have the opportunity to come up to Chicago, whether you are a high school student, you're still in college, you're a band director, or related to the music education industry in any way, shape, or form, you should definitely check out Midwest. There is quite literally no other conference I've ever been to that is anything like this. Um, or even if you're unable to make it, definitely check out your state associations as well. I know DMLA will be traveling to FMEA in Florida, AMEA in Alabama, GMEA in Georgia, and so many others. So definitely, if you have the chance, come and see it. You're not going to regret it. Um, it's, it's an amazing weekend. It's a very busy weekend, but you're going to get so much out of it, and you're going to leave feeling so inspired. Inspired. That is definitely the word I would use as well. So thank you, Josh. It was great speaking with you today. Hey, this is Nicole, one of your hosts for On a Water Break, and I want to tell you about The Cookout. The Cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, aka headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram. It's the cookout CG or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. Check out our fun merchandise and gift items. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services. Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program. Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Can you believe it? I'm still at Midwest, folks. Yes, this is Beth, your moving reporter. And I am here right now with the lovely Meredith Anderson, and she is part of WGI Percussion. Yeah, so my name is Meredith Anderson. I am the Percussion and Winds Event Manager for WGI. I basically help coordinate all of our regional events and our championships events throughout the country and then in Dayton. Uh, I also play a part in a lot of our ordering. So if you see awards at a regional, if you see our banners, that's all me. Um, we're working on getting everything ramped up for the season and making sure that it's going to be a spectacular year. How did you get involved with indoor as an activity? Did you march? Give us a little bit of your background. Absolutely. So I went to a really small high school in Ohio. We didn't have the resources for WGI, um, but I was able to march an independent A group, Westerville Winter Guard in 2007. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, 
it was a great experience. I loved everything about it. It's just WGI creates a, such a professional environment. You feel like you're a rock star wa walking out onto that floor. And uh, after that, I just really fell in love with teaching. And so I would teach mainly movement to bands and color guards. And I love that as well. I still do that from time to time. But what really got me started into WGI is I was living in Cincinnati, saw a need for volunteers, and I went to color guard championships one year. Um, color guard week, we have so many people volunteer and they're such great people. Um, but I just felt like there could be more that I could do. And so one of our site managers, uh, suggested I come to percussion week a little hesitant. I was like, sure, why not? And I absolutely fell in love. Um, I love the people, the performers, the teachers, the judges, everyone is great. And, um, so I just kind of got going in that and you could find me in a parking lot. You could find me in the tunnel, um, pretty much anywhere. And I kind of transitioned into a contest administrator role where we have amazing people across the country that help run our regionals for us. And um, I was actually working at DCI at the time and this job came open. I was looking to move back closer to family and I thought it couldn't be a more perfect fit. You know, when you find your role, when you find your home with yeah. a job and you find out that it's in the arts and it's in the marching arts, yes. and then it's like, you're just like giddy. It's like, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is, I found my spot. I felt the same way when I was doing, when I found out I could be a group travel planner yeah. for performance tours. I was like, this is great. I can do all of the stuff I'm really good at yes. and still be part of the activity. And I don't have to teach anybody. Yes. I'm, I'm like really happy yes. about that. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity. And so it's exciting to be around your energy and that yes. idea of being part of it without yeah. having to be part of it. Yes. In a way. Um, one, of, one of our volunteers who's done it many, many years, he made the point that many of us have that great experience in the marching arts and the volunteers and the staff are the reason why we had that experience at one point. And it's nice to give that experience back, right? Like, taking the time to just do, you know, little things like I, I've handed out oranges before at world championships. And that's a big deal. And kids Absolutely. go crazy. And, you know, just as a person off the street, you think, Oh, cutting oranges, like, okay. And the kids get so excited just to get an orange after their performance. It's an day. orange. Yeah. It's just an orange. It's just and an yet, orange. You know, it doesn't have to be an Academy Award. Exactly. It yes. doesn't have to be a medal on the floor. It right. can be an orange and you still make a difference. Yes. And that's really rewarding. Yes. To absolutely. have that experience. And I, it's so neat. You, I, I got to tell you guys, like Meredith, her energy is fantastic. It's so great <laughs> sitting here next to her at this conference. So now we're at the Midwest Clinic. Yes. And have you been here before? Is this your first time with WGI? What's your What's been your Midwest experience? Yeah. So this is my second time. My first time was in 2019. I... Uh, as I said, was working for DCI and I attended and represented the DCI booth. Um, this year is my first time with WGI and it's exciting because I get to meet a lot of the people I only ever get phone calls and emails mm. with because by the time I see them in Dayton, you know, they're focused on the performers, the, the prop truck, sure. the rehearsal space. And, you know, we don't always get that time to make those connections. So it's nice to just shake someone's hand, have a conversation and build those relationships. And we're also um, looking to expand our regional market. So if anyone's interested in hosting a show, they can contact the office and kind of be like, yeah, I'd love to bring a regional to my city. Um, we've had a group in Kaysville, Kaysville, Utah, that is starting a new percussion regional out there this year. They've worked with our team in the office Terrific. and, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic, only about, you know, two years removed. It's exciting to see all of our events growing and to see new regionals popping up. Excellent. 
Now, how do they contact the office to do that? Uh, well, if you go to WGI.org, WGI um, we have a staff page where you can find everyone's phone number and email. And you can contact literally anyone in the office. And we are a small group, about 10 of us in the office. And we will get you exactly where you need to be. If you even contact the wrong person, they'll make sure you get in touch with the right person. That's just good customer service. <laughs> Way to go, WGI. Thank you for being so open to that. So what has this Midwest experience been like for you? Have you seen a lot of people? Had a good, good conversation? A lot of good conversations. Um, something that was really special, I went and saw Kerr Middle School perform yesterday. Uh, their directors have actually been our Dallas Percussion and Winds Regional Event Partners for several years, so I've known them for a while. And uh, two of my percussion judges had pieces played by them. So wow. Wow. And then uh, Dr. Tim was in their introduction. So it was just a very neat thing to to do that. And um, it's nice to have the performers and the kids come up and they're like, oh, I don't do this, but my sister does and want to bring their siblings something from our booth. And that's really special, too, because, you know, what we kind of do is very unique and not yeah. everyone always understands it and appreciates it. But to see families like my sister's not even here, but can I take this cup and bring it to her? Sure. Like, yes, of course you can. Would you like to take two? <laughs> <laughs> So um, just having those neat interactions and, you know, people come up and be like, oh, I marched way back in the day. And it's like, tell us about it. Like, sure. let's talk about it. Yeah, it's, of course. It's a trip down memory lane for yes. a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And I love to, like, each year you get to see maybe some friends you haven't seen. Yes. And especially with the pandemic, we, we were removed for so long that getting to see people in person again is very rewarding. Yes. It's very positive And it makes you feel like, okay, the world is moving back in the, a good direction. We are in the right, moving in the right direction. So that's really cool. What's maybe like your favorite part of Midwest? I like being on the floor because I can build so many relationships with people. Like you said, those those are very unique to us. Um, and it's a great time to work together with our team a little bit more intimately, like seeing each other sure. outside of the office yes. and being like, hey, we saw so-and-so is doing something like this. Maybe we should do something like this or, you know, kind of building those relationships even stronger. But uh, again, being in the marching arts world, I have so many friends from all over and I don't get to see them every day. You know, I can't just call up my friend Carrie and be like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? Because he lives in Texas. Right. So, you know, sure. we having these moments where I can come together with so many friends and just give them a hug or like take a picture real quick. It's special. It is special. And yeah. I mean, and folks, if you know, if you're listening, if you haven't been to the Midwest Clinic, it's it's in Chicago every December, which I know sounds crazy <laughs> because it feels like the coldest. Why would you pick the coldest month to go to Chicago? Right. But I got to and yes, we are feeling the cold. I will reassure <laughs> all of you we are. And and yet people don't miss it. People no. schedule their lives around this conference every year. Yes. And the exhibit floor is huge. So there's tons of vendors and tons of organizations that are presenting themselves so that people can, you know, learn how to sign up for the yeah. Marine Band yeah. or sign up for the Army Band right. or or maybe a college or university that maybe you haven't considered yet, but they're here. Yes. Or <clears throat> WGI. Maybe they maybe they this is their opportunity. I will say we've had several band directors stop by that are like, you know, we're starting a guard program, we're starting a winter percussion program. What resources do you have? And it's just easier for them to go to talk to those people and be like, I don't know where to start. Please help me. And we're happy to do that. That's what a great did you hear that, folks? If you need help, if you are looking for help for your program contact WGI. That's one of the, the benefits of an organization like that is it's not just about that competition. It's not just about Dayton. Right. It is a full service, full 
commitment to developing students Absolutely. and their potential and yes. their skill sets, yeah. whatever they happen to be. Yeah. And I think we had, we talked about a special core, I think, or a special group that oh. was going to be coming through, right? Well, we have several, usually uh, special needs groups that do participate in championships. Uh, last year, we had two guard groups and a percussion group. And to me, those really touched me. Um, I worked in special education for several years. And just being able to see us provide experiences to such a diverse group of people I'll probably cry again, but um, uh, there's not a dry eye in that audience when those kids take the floor. Um, And one of my favorite memories of a special needs group is there was a penalty given out five or six years ago, and one of the top PIW, Percussion Independent World Groups, um, got placed pretty low in their finals performance, Mm. so they were one of the first groups on. Well, if you've ever been to Dayton, there's the giant tunnel, and as the special needs percussion group was pushing off the floor. This group who was positioned to metal is at the top, cheering them on, coming and helping their grab their equipment up the tunnel. Oh. And just like, I mean, waterworks galore, but it I was, just got yeah, again. I know. I know. This has been a goosebumps day. I know I said it earlier in another interview, but I'm telling you, this is crazy. It's yeah. so wonderful. And seeing those groups support each other, like, yes, there's competition, but they have so many friends now, especially with social media. Everyone knows everyone and they see a group performing and they're like, oh, that's such a cool show. And it's neat to see those performers encourage and support each other. That's, that's really great. And our director of percussion, Mark Thurston, he always used the term, we're trying to elevate the experience for those performers. And not just the performers, the parents, the staffs, anyone that comes in, we want to make it the best experience they can have. Well, Meredith, I just, I'm, this has been such a treat. I mean, <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, I just randomly asked her if she could do this. And Meredith was like, sure. She just yeah. jumped right in and no problem. So, you know, thank you so much of for course. taking the time to Absolutely. talk today. And you know what? I now I know you. We are we are now BFFs. I'm yes. just letting you know. <laughs> and we are going to stay in touch and we'll do a follow up maybe in a couple months and yes. be like, hey, what happened? And how how did your WGI season go? Yes. And we'll maybe we'll catch up with you like maybe right before Dayton Ooh. and maybe maybe do a like pre and follow up. Yes. So I excellent. Yay. Thank you so much, Meredith, for taking the time again for to speak with me at Midwest. It was a pleasure speaking with her. And I got to tell you, we, we, we vibed and bonded. And I think I've made a friend for life. I'm not going to lie. She's a fascinating woman. Um, next, I got to tell you, I had a great, great chat with Tim Mason, who is an undergrad or it's the graduate assistant, excuse me, for the University of Delaware. And this was his first time at Midwest. And we'll get a chance to hear his experience and what he thought of the show And uh, after that, we're going to do another little wrap up with Cindy. So here is Tim Mason. Introduce our next guest. His name is Tim Mason. And Tim, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So take it away, Tim. Yeah, like Beth said, um, my name is Tim Mason. Uh, I grew up in the Washington County area of Maryland. um, And I just finished my undergraduate degree at Towson University. I'm an instrumental music education on tuba. And just this fall, I began my master's degree at the University of Delaware um, with a master's of wind conducting, and I am serving as the Brass Area Marching Band Teaching Assistantship. Well, that's super cool. And what brought you to Delaware? What, what drew you there? Was there any particular person or was it the program? Tell us more about that. Getting the chance to work with Heidi Sarver, the marching band director at Delaware um, through DMA, um, really drew me there um, to check that out with their marching band assistantship. And then, of course, Dr. Lauren Reynolds. Um, who's the director of bands is just fantastic. So getting to study conducting with her is awesome. It's definitely something I want to be doing. What brought you to Midwest? 
and don't say a plane. And what brought you to to be interested in, in the program and the clinics here? Yeah, so like you said, it is like the mecca of all instrumental music education. So I think everybody who studies music education um, definitely wants to, to come here at some point in their career, um, at some point in their education. Uh, I never got to come as an undergraduate because uh, where I went to school, um, finals was never over before Midwest happened. Okay. But fortunately at UD this year, um, our finals were over last Friday. Um, so knowing that coming in, um, a couple of us from the University of Delaware uh, plan to be here. And I mean, it's just an awesome experience. Uh, I've wanted to do it for a while. Um, in terms of marching man stuff, as the brass TA, like I always want to keep expanding what I'm doing with the brass line, sure. um, especially just being in front of a group all season. Like you, sometimes it's like, okay, well, what do I do next? Or is there something else that I can tell them? Especially when you have a marching band and they're not all music people, everybody's in band for a different reason. Um, so I've been going to a lot of uh, clinics and like developing the brass sound, um, habits for brass players. So I can just kind of take that information back and deliver that to my students as a brass TA um, and also just learn more about my own musicianship that I can take in other places. And of course, as a conducting student, um, definitely been trying to hit up some of the conducting sessions. I mean, it's just the best, the best are here. Um, so as much as I can absorb, definitely want to. That's fantastic. And and I think you're right. You know, it's taking advantage of the educators that are presenting some of the best in their fields, you know, people that we all look up to and getting that opportunity in a fairly intimate setting, even as big as the the, con- the conference is, it's it's still intimate in a way. You, you're getting getting up and up close and personal with your favorite composers or Brian Balmages. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, he's right there, and I can talk to him right in front of me, and that's a really cool opportunity. Um, Tim, when you were in marching band, how how did your story come about? So I went to school in Washington County, Maryland, and there they have middle school marching band programs that just march in parades. Um, So I started in sixth grade playing my primary instrument at the time, which was trombone. Um, And just like you said, and I think for many tuba players, I was asked to switch to tuba based on need in the ensemble. Um, So in seventh grade, I made the switch to tuba and I marched tuba the whole way through middle school. And then the first two years of high school marching band. um, And then I was drum major in my junior and senior year. And I actually marched baritone a little bit during the other movements in my senior year. Um, And then when I got to college, I marched sousaphone. Um, up until I took a different leadership role in the marching band. So, yeah, always tuba for the most part um, and like field marching settings. And I just loved it. Because band rocks and we all know it. <laughs> we all love marching band. It's so much fun. And of course, that's why we're here talking about it on this podcast. So if you could play any other instrument in marching band, any other one or, or, or maybe a piece of equipment you'd want to spin or, or perform with, what have you always wanted to maybe try that you haven't done? Definitely always wanted to try the mellophone. Um, I never really could because the embouchure requirement for that is so different from the tuba, and I just cannot make any nice sounding <laughs> noises on the mellophone. Um, but they just have like the coolest lines. It's just like French horn in the wind ensemble, like the rips and just uh, the awesome like stacked ninths over top of the chords. Uh, just really fun parts, and they they just always seem to have like a really great time. I think you're right. I'm a clarinet player, and and the horn line, that mellophone line, always has that really unique sound that you can't get from any other instrument. And it's just so clear. And I, I don't know, I, that's, I call it my goosebump line because it's the one that I can hear that just gives that, that, that emotion. I mean, the trumpets obviously usually get the melody and we all know that and everybody knows that and you scream and wail and that's awesome. And I'm down for that too. But that mellow line though is so rich. They, they get the, some of the nice meaty 
the harmonies. And I'm just like, yes, I'm all for, I'm here for it all day long. So I totally get that. Well, we're really excited to have you on our podcast and we really appreciate you taking the time today to talk to us. And uh, what do you, we're, we're about halfway through the Midwest Clinic. Is there anything else you, you're excited to see, you know, that's coming up before you leave and go back home? Are there any clinics or people you're still trying to like get that last, you know, viewing with? I'm definitely excited to see Dr. Tim Latzenheiser. Um, always saw him at all the camps that I did over the summer. So he's just always a, a treat to listen to. Um, so I know he's presenting tomorrow. Um, as far as ensembles, like all the ensembles that are here is just fantastic. We got to hear the Navy band perform with 8th Blackbird last night. And it really is like uh, a good comparison for me. It's, it's like seeing DCI for the first time. It's wow. a level of excellence that just blows you away and we're all just looking at each other like oh my gosh did you just hear that <laughs> um so that was just really awesome so i'm just looking forward to more performances like that and more awesome presentations well tim i really appreciate you taking the time today to talk to us and now I so my conversation with tim was amazing and it was really great to hear a newcomer's experience with going to midwest i've been there a couple of years now as on the vendor side and so hearing hearing him talk about it was really it was sweet and it was great and and kind of it was encouraging because it makes you feel good about what's coming up in the future um so cindy like tell me a couple of the things that you experienced at at midwest well maybe like what was your favorite clinic which what was one of the best sessions you attended so i will say the last however many years i've been going too many to count because i'm old but uh i have seen more and more women coming through and it's amazing to see yes. these female band directors coming Love through it. and being being encouraged to continue when i became a band director I, I felt like alone and so going to midwest i saw other female band directors but my favorite clinic actually has to do with being a female band director it's empowering female conductors um it was a group panel of really amazing collegiate female and, and high school band directors, just talking about how we can encourage young women to become band directors, which is how I kind of got started in social media because my students encouraged me because I'm one of the only ones in my area. So sure. I, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see so many more women getting into the profession. That's fantastic. And, you know, as a, you know, as a music student, as I was, you know, and, and attending, uh, festivals and performances, it was hard to see, or it was rare to see a female in Absolutely. any type of leadership or conducting role. So it was really cool whenever we did get that opportunity to hear a female voice as an adjudicator or as a clinician conductor. Yeah. yeah the fun know. conversation is always like, you know, what do I wear as a female conductor? Because, uh, the, you know, I don't have a suit that I just toss on that's black. So, um, you know, I love trying to, you know, empower myself to be feminine and strong and powerful and in charge. So I, I can wear it. sparkles and be in charge. Right. And, and you can. And I think that it was the thing I, I actually had one conversation with somebody at Midwest this year about designing a, a shoe for a female conductor that was comfortable because a lot of times they're the heels are different, but you want to have that stature because you need to be able to project to the back of your ensemble. So you want that height, but you know, yeah, maybe or don't. you're just short. Like I am just short. <laughs> yeah. five foot three. I try to like jump and see the back of my ensemble. Exactly. You know, you gotta pay attention to those bass drums in the back. Cause you never know what's going <laughs> Absolutely. on. Yeah. Yes. And you can never know what's <laughs> happening back there. <laughs> So what what did you what did you see differently maybe than from your first year to this year? Did you notice any kind of topic changes or maybe trends that are that are new that Not you would like to share? Not necessarily 
not necessarily a topic, but people have become just so much more welcoming and encouraging. I feel like when I first started out in the field, it was a lot of like the competitiveness, like we talked, like you had talked about earlier and like the, this is what I do. Well, now it's like that. This is what I do, but what you do is really cool also and not trying to compete with one another. It's become so much more of a community that is encouraging and welcoming and they want to help each other rather than well, I, this is what I do, but I can't tell you about it because my I, what I do is the best. Yeah, I never understood that mentality. I mean, you know, obviously we all, if we are in a competitive situation, we of course you want to win. Otherwise you wouldn't be in a contest. I mean, where they actually put you right. in, in, in placements. But I will, I will say I don't have a competitive marching band. We are a thousand percent a show band and love the it. sillier, the better. Um, and But I love to see what my friends who do have competitive programs do. And for a while, I felt ashamed that I didn't have a competitive program when I first started because people, it's not as glamorous or whatever you want to call it, but I love my program and what we do is different and fun. And the kids who are in a competitive program can see what we do and they kind of embrace what we do as different, but still great. Sure. And and I, it's great because like you said, you know, especially at a place like Midwest where there's so many different conversations happening, you can have, you can learn from so many different people because there are, there are definitely non-competitive programs and competitive programs. And you've, you know, to find your people or your squad or you you know, to to find them, you know, and, and that's what Midwest does. It facilitates that, you know, and it helps you find the the right session maybe, or the right clinic that talks about those things. And you can be like, Ooh, I need to go there. And even if it's not necessarily a good topic, at least you're around your people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And pushes me a little bit out of my, comfort zone when I'm there because I see all these ensembles that are doing phenomenal <laughs> amazing things and you know I want to I want to get mine to be there like there was a um a middle school percussion ensemble was performing they're from Texas I can't exactly remember their name but they were amazing and I'm sitting there going oh but also then is a reality check that okay I don't have five percussion uh directors on my staff um they are so fortunate that they have that but that that, my percussion ensemble is me so exactly uh, it's a great way to like push myself out of my comfort zone this is what's possible but then also kind of all right okay I know that's possible but I also need to bring it in to be realistic that this is what I can do right where you're at with what you have and your resources but you also then can see it's like well but yeah, but if I do grow it, and if it does get to that point, these yes. are things you can do. Yes, I actually like looked at that middle school percussion ensemble and went, wait, I, I could start a middle school percussion ensemble. Will we be playing like the same literature? Most likely not. We might be playing some Jimmy Buffett, but that's okay. Um, Who doesn't like but Jimmy I could do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> that's fantastic. So did you get to see any of the, now, for those that are listening at home that haven't been to Midwest, a lot of the military bands um, from the different branches of the military and armed forces are are present at Midwest. Of course, they're recruiting for their ensembles, but they also do some amazing performances. Um, always incredible. And did you did you get a chance to see any of them? And did you have a favorite one? Um, I don't know if I had a favorite one, but I, I just always enjoy them. Like seeing people make music at such a high level it's inspiring and makes me want to go home and break out my trumpet and try to practice and then I know I'll never be that good but that's okay because it's still really fun it is it and I think kind of the whole idea that they combine 
serving in the military because it's still serving in the military. They still have to to go through basic training and everything. It's like, I can't imagine. No, no, I play the clarinet. That's what I do. And that's what I, you know, I'm not going to play my trumpet and sit in a corner and don't talk to me. (laughs) I'm not doing the belly crawl under the barbed wire. I I, I have my clarinet in my teeth. No, that's not happening. I'm going to be, you know, yeah, I, it's, it's, it is remarkable. And, and I'm always, I'm always taken aback a little bit when I see them walking around the floor and walking through the, the the conference center with in their uniforms. And you just, I don't know. I always feel like I'm going to so inspiring. Yeah, it they're is. So it like, really is. It's, they're it's so moving. inspiring. Yeah. You know? They're just, um, and they're, and they're like normal people. <laughs> They'll tell you that too, <laughs> but, but they're, they're just the, it's just inspiring. I always want to be better after seeing them. It is. And they, they do, they set a bar and they set a, a whole tone and it is, it's, it is comforting to be around them. And because you think that you think, Oh, they're so elite, but they're so accessible and they Absolutely. will tell you anything. Like if you have a question for them, they can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. They and they're always, and they're always willing to come into schools, which I think is amazing. A few years ago, um, one of the ensembles came to my school, like the woodwind quintet came and just worked with my kids for a day. And the students were so inspired by not only their performance, but just, how accessible they were answering whatever questions they had. It was it. That's the, and then, and I think that their outreach is really strong. They have a really good program for that. And and I love that. So I, whenever I hear of somebody that's kind of considering it or on the fence, I say, if you even think you might have a student that's, that could go down that path of a military band path, encourage them because there's a lot of benefits that come with that program. So many. Um, the travel they get to do, the the yeah. people they get to meet, the performance locations they get is yeah, amazing. It's amazing. So, and it's and being part of the Midwest Clinic, you know, you can it's like you could see the Army Band one night, you know, Pershing Zone. You could see the sure, Airman Zone concert hitting, weekend festival weekend. <laughs> it, it's amazing. It is. It's like. <laughs> I'm just going to sit in this concert hall and wait for the next one because this is amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, there are so many amazing performing ensembles, military or schools. or There's even amazing community ensembles that are performing there. There was actually yeah, a brass band. You're right. There's community There's community concert bands that come yeah. to, to Midwest as well. So it's not even exclusive to you know, secondary ed or collegiate. It is. No, not at all. And it's I play in a community ensemble. And I honestly, it's the greatest fulfillment of being able to play my instrument just for fun. Um, So seeing other people, especially people who aren't necessarily in the music field playing as an enjoyment and love of their instrument is just so much fun. So that's what I mean. I love when I see those community ensembles there at Midwest. It's it, it, it. And it reminds everybody that it doesn't have to stop just because you graduated from high school or college. And if you're not a music major, there are many opportunities for folks that want to participate musically in their own local communities and they are also a good resource if you don't have one in your community of how to start one yes absolutely you know that's another way to you know kind of twist that and then we all know that that not every student's going to major in music and that's and that's okay if if they leave and they want to perform in a community ensemble still i think that is the greatest reward because they want to continue that love of music so I encourage students when they leave, hey, okay, you don't want to major in it? That's cool. How about you play in this community ensemble so that you can continue making music? Because that's the that's the goal is to keep making music. 
what a great and see that's so nice to hear somebody share that same thought yeah. and i'm sure many people that are listening right now think the same thing absolutely so, like i know not all my kids are going to major in music some of them do and that's amazing <laughs> but right but you know but the okay ones that they don't, don't you know but creating that love for music and wanting to have it in their lives is really a big deal what absolutely. was your what was your maybe what was one thing maybe you learned that you can use this year in your classroom or that, you know, maybe or maybe a trend that you saw that you're like, hmm, this is intriguing. Where where could we where could I take this? So I went to a session called Developing a Culture of Excellence. It was all about like creating great leadership with your students. So mm-hmm. I think that that is something that I definitely want to work on, like not all of the instructions, decisions, everything needs to come from me all the time or my staff creating Mm. great leaders within my program. That is a skill that not only will carry them through my program, but hopefully will carry them into the real world where they're going to get a job and be leaders in their workforce. So it was an amazing session and talking a lot about like servant leadership and things like that. It was so interesting to hear that. And a lot of some of it was stuff that I'm doing, but some of it is things that I didn't even think about doing and that I'm excited to be a part now of that organization and try to learn more as, as much as I can about how to create this leadership within my programs. And that's it's and like you said, it's such an, an invaluable tool for any human. Like it doesn't yes. have to be a musician. It's just being people. No, it's a, it's a skill. I hope that they will continue to have throughout their lives that like being a servant leader to others to help build others up is something that I hope they will continue um, throughout their lives so that they are good, good human beings, which is what I hope they come out of my program being is a good person. And I think that's a great spot to wrap up on. I mean, what, what better, what better uh, mood and tone to to end on, you know, and I think I, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I'll be at Midwest again next year. It's December. I plan on being there. Cindy's going to be there. So, hey, if you're, you know, if you decide you want to go to the Midwest Clinic, look for us. Follow Cindy on, on social media. What was your handle again, Cindy? Girly Band Director. Girly Band Director on Instagram. Check her out. Um, she's no joke, folks. I just want to say she's she's the kind of, she's the kind of person that gets called in to do all kinds of cool opportunities. <laughs> she was in, and we'll probably talk about this on another episode about the Rose Parade and the Tournament of Roses Parade. And she was a participant musician in the band director band. It was a tribute yes, to I band was. directors. Phenomenal. 280 of us, I think was the final count. It was amazing. That's a national, that's 280 people from around the country. It was yes. amazing. It was so fun to watch. I was there and it was it was remarkable. It was really great to see, and I'm so glad that you guys all got the recognition you deserve for all Thank the work you, it was you great. Guys do with music educators. Yeah, it was wonderful. I can't wait to do Macy's next year with the organization. So, see, I have a feeling, folks, we're going to be hearing from Cindy a little bit more on our <laughs> podcast over the next year. Just so you know, she might be part of our Macy's recap next year. Maybe <laughs> can't wait we'll get her to do some interviews on the on the street. I love it. I can't wait. Excellent. Well, thank you, Cindy. And thank you. I, think, I think it's time for another water break. Hey, this is Nicole, one of your hosts for On a Water Break. And I want to tell you about the cookout. The cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, aka headquarters. 
There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram. It's the cookout CG or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. Check out our fun merchandise and gift items. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services. Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program. Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Wow, Beth, there is a lot people don't know about Midwest, and you certainly gave us an inside perspective. And we Thank love you. Cindy Mancini. Definitely follow her on the socials at girly band director she's she is just she's on in fuego and she's just all energy i love being you know like talking to her i gotta tell you that this is just a super funny story you know midwest is a busy place and trying to find a quiet corner is kind of challenging and i was talking to joshua hecht we're doing our interview in a stairwell we thought we were good halfway through this man just comes running around the corner at the top of his voice saying asking where the bathroom is <laughs> so and he had like three kids behind him. It was a whole parade of people. And then as soon as he saw we were talking, he was mortified. And then Josh and I had a good laugh about that. And when, when we were finished, we actually saw him coming back around the corner. And he was just like, like mea culpa. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, you know, it was hysterical seeing him and his, you know, falling on his sword. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But I like talking to Meredith too. She was she was really heartwarming, and and you know some of the stories she had about the special needs ensembles that that perform with WGI. I don't know, Stephen, had you had you seen any of those maybe in in your yeah. in your tours? I'm actually pretty familiar. There's one called the Free Players that has actually performed a lot of different times at different, uh, usually around finals, they'll give an exhibition performance. And it's always been impressive just in the first place to see like the level of intricacy that they're able to put together into the program, but also just to see the, the kind of positive environment created for those performers when they actually get to come and perform on the same stage that uh, we're doing our finals competition at. But uh yeah, it's super very interesting. I loved getting to hear about it. That is great that you got to see that, Stephen. Uh, yeah, thanks. Let's take it over to our news segment. Uh, Beth, why don't you start us off? Don't you have our first news segment? I do. So, of course, you know, we've had big parades with the Macy's Parade, Bowl Game, Bowl Game Parades, the Tournament of Roses Parade. But in Colorado, there is the National Western Stock Show Parade. And Burlington High School which is a more rural school, uh, had the opportunity to go to Denver to march in this parade. And this parade has been around for, for more than 25 years. And this, this high school is made up of about 130 members um, from middle and high school. And they're the only marching band that's going to march in this year's event. So that's, that's pretty, pretty big, big stuff for them. And, you know, the article that, that, that I read talked about how a lot of these students have never been outside of their community. So just even getting to Denver 
which may not seem like a big deal for a lot of us, is just a big deal for them. They are getting to see a lot of different things. And it's really fits right into my wheelhouse of, of travel because I always talk about the benefits of travel for students. And this is one of them. It's a way for them to realize that, you know, it's easy to feel like you're in a vacuum when you're in your own school and you do your thing with your director and your traditions. And when you get to travel, you get to see that there are, you know, thousands and thousands of other students doing what you're doing in other, in other cities, other states, other countries. And it's a really, it's very powerful and it's impactful for the students. So, you know, shout out to the Burlington High School Band for, for their opportunity marching in this parade this year. Oh man, I love a good parade. That's so amazing to see these rural schools doing this sort of thing. Hey, Trevor, you've got our next story. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, our next story is provided to us by Natalie Shelton via uh, Flow Marching. And some big drum coin of national news. Um, Dan Atchison, longtime CEO, is slated to retire at the end of the 2023 uh, drum corps season. Wow. Uh, Dan Atchison, I know, that's that's pretty big news. Dan, Dan Atchison has been at the helm of drum corps international for, for u- nearly 30 years, guys. Wow. I mean, 30 years. What a wonderful career. I haven't um, even been alive that long. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Dan, so Dan has served as uh, CEO and executive director of DCI since 1995. Um, um, Atchison has been uh, the guiding hand behind the exponential growth uh, the activity he has seen in recent years. Um, throughout his tenure, um, with DCI, Atchison has been awarded you know many accolades, awards. Um, he was named a Lowell Mason Fellow. Um, and he's received um, awards from DCI Hall of Fame, like the President's Award. It's a very prestigious award. And he was inducted into the DCI Hall of Fame in 2008. Um, Amazing. I know. It's just he's been around <laughs> for so long. Like, it's kind of hard to imagine the DCI activity w- without Mr. Atchison. Um, you know, he gave a quote, you know, talking about his experiences and what he kind of sees for the future. So he says, uh, quote, I am extremely proud of all that we have accomplished, along with each of the participating cores who have contributed to this rich legacy. And for the opportunities we've had, uh, the good fortune to provide to hundreds and thousands of remarkable young people who have chosen to take part. I am pleased to retire with DCI as a strong, vibrant organization that is ready for a wonderful next chapter, which is waiting to be written. That's via Dan Atchison. DCI released a statement thanking Dan Atchison for his service and also announced that a search for a new CEO is already underway and the organization hopes to fill that position by the mid-spring months of 2023, so that transition into the 2024 season can be a smooth one. But obviously, uh, a, a huge figure in the activity in the marching arts, and, um, he, you know, let's give him a round of applause. Let's yeah. Dan Atkin, Absolutely. Great keeper for the marching art. Thank you, Mr. Atchison. I think Thank the you, Mr. Atchison. The next story is up. Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking myself, uh, taking a look down at the Mardi Gras parade and some ensembles that are be performing it. I myself, I love some spicy food, love a Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. I always take the spicy option there as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. It's the best chicken out there. Um, 
But taking a look at this ensemble route, uh, I see something called the Funny 40 Fellows, formed in 1981. This is a rolling costume parade that takes place abroad St. Charles Avenue with streetcars. It's not necessarily a parade per se, uh, but the streetcar ride draws a crowd from its starting point all the way down towards the end of the parade, and it marks the start of the carnival season in uptown New Orleans. Wow. So some of these ensembles... It's, well, you think that's impressive. Let me tell you about some of these ensembles and what they have going on. Give it to us, Stephen. We got the Funky Uptown Crew, established in 2019. It's a streetcar-born group devoted to New Orleans' best-loved musical styles. Rolls mm-hmm. behind the Funny 40 Fellows annual streetcar ride on the first day of the carnival. They dispense hand-decorated de- uh, hand vinyl record albums from the windows of the car what? to the people watching the parade. Fun. Right. Best That's all awesome. ever. <laughs> I I want to go. I've wanted to go forever. Um, this next one listed the Society des Champs Elysis. Uh, I surely pronounced that one wrong. I'm not French. Probably Champs Elysees, but, uh, but I'm gonna. I'll, it's okay. sounds much better to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they were formed in 2017. A, a downtown answer to the Funny Forty uh, Funny Forty Fellows season opening. They uh, skipped the customary streetcar ride in, in favor of a neighborhood foot parade. In 2023, they're listing an event titled Riding on the City of New Orleans, which uh, seems to imply a return towards riding. Fine. This next group uh, has a bit more of an Egyptian background, so it would seem they're the crew of Nefertiti, which yeah. premiered in 2020. This is an all-female brought carnival parade. Yes. Uh, they bring it back to the neighborhoods of New Orleans East for the first time since the crew of Minerva ceased parading there in 1992. Um, this next one, I think it might get some of our science nerds going a little bit. It's called the Intergalactic Crew of Chewbacca's. This intergalactic crew of Chewbacca is nerd-friendly, science-fiction-oriented, named for the Roman god of wine and Chewbacca, the fairy Star Wars sidekick. I don't have a Chewbacca. I don't have my. I can't do it. Amazing. Anybody do Chewbacca voice? (laughs) (laughs) I can't. can't. (laughs) Don't ask me. No way. Uh, I think. uh, I wonder if Jeremy can pull up a little sound. <laughs> I love it. This last one that I wanted to read off, um, the crew de view. You can expect political satire aplenty from this procession of costumed marchers, mule-drawn mini floats, and spirited brass bands. So they were established in 1987. They're known for quote recklessly adolescent humor that sensible, <laughs> sensitive folks avoid. Uh, but I imagine that us on the On a Water Break podcast would probably enjoy them very much. Yeah, well, I think we would fit in. Well, I, I definitely fit in my time. I'm a Louisiana native, folks, if you don't remember. And I've I've seen my fair share of Mardi Gras parades. Don't worry. I, I behave myself from what I can remember. Um, <laughs> it's always... <laughs> Always great culture, great sights. The music is always top notch. The, the the amazing colors um, associated with the parades, the, the the amazing things you can catch out of the parades uh, with the beads and the in the cups and the hats and the candy. It's always an enjoyable experience to watch people just have a great time and experience a rich Louisiana. Um, culture. So um, I, I highly recommend um, us doing a podcast live from uh, New Orleans sometime soon. Jeremy, we got to get on that. Okay, buddy. 
<laughs> I have to send somebody out to do a uh, on location recording. On the side, reporting live. Sure, that first big that first big sponsorship. When we get the iHeartRadio money, we'll we'll go, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for another great episode, everyone. We hope that you found your time with us to be worthwhile. Thanks to Beth for that amazing Midwest recap, as well as Joshua Hecht at DMLA Training, Meredith Anderson at WGI Sport of the Arts. Tim Mason, who you can find on Facebook, and once again, Cindy Mancini at Girly Van Director. Tell a friend, share a link on social media, and get the word out. See everybody next time. Good luck on your run this week.